a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Saturday show, everybody. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning. My name is Jay Catch, joined as always by Michelle Bodkin, the Utah Utes insider for KSLSports.com. Michelle, how are you? I am tired. <laughs> uh, I, I, I figured that might be the case. I, I say that a lot on this show, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but like we, we are especially tired. Yesterday was a lot. Actually, yes. this whole week has been a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the last 14 months have been a lot. And, uh, you know, ye- yesterday was just a culmination of there's some relief there. Mm-hmm. Um, there. There's some emotional exhaustion. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, I, we're, we're going to get all into it. We're, we're going we're yeah. to try and process all of this on today's show. Now, we got two hours here, so we'll, we'll, we'll get as much of it as we can. But it, here's the thing. Yesterday was a like pivotal, momentous, landmark day in college athletics. Yeah, like August fourth, twenty twenty three. We're going to look back on for years to come in, in certain circumstances. It's just absolutely crazy to be uh, watching that history kind of unfold. Now, your opinion of what the history and what it did may differ, and I, I'm sure we'll have a lot of reaction. Trust me, we already do on my Twitter feed. I asked the question yesterday, yeah. gearing up for this uh, from the Utah fan perspective, and we'll get to that, but. Just an absolutely wild, as you mentioned, 14 months, last two weeks, and frankly, the last 48 hours have been insanity. <laughs> I I have never, actually, that is a lie. I have experienced this before, um, which is, I think, why it is so emotional for mm-hmm. me. Um Oh, geez. Um. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, see, and I get it, like... There is a lot of emotion with everything that went down. Yeah. Um, a lot of people know I worked with the AF. Yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of what happened in the last 48 hours reminded me so much of, you know, the last 24, 48 hours of working with them. And uh, it is so not lost on me. Sure. 
that there are people that loved and believed mm-hmm. in this conference, in the network, and it's kind of over for them. And it happened in the most public, humiliating, unfortunate, awful circumstances. And you know what? The sad thing is there's some a-holes out there that are absolutely cheering and not taking into account that like a lot of lives have been affected and ruined and especially in a business where it's really, really hard to make it. And you make a lot of sacrifices to sit in places like that. And so to have it taken away like that breaks my heart. Um, that that's more what I'm concerned about sure. oh, no, I, <laughs> at, I, at the moment. <laughs> see, I can completely understand that because the the thing is, you're right. There are un, there, there's the law of unintended consequences. Now, on its surface, obviously the Pac-12 has been picked apart. Now, there are still four members of that conference. They're trying to determine what they're going to do. But you have, as you mentioned, people who work in the conference office, people who work to the Pac-12 networks, uh, students, uh, not student, uh, sports information directors at these various universities who they're all of a sudden cast into this, I don't know, really awkward yeah. situation where they're not sure what the future holds for them. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you went through it with the, the Alliance of American Football. I was, and trust me, I was as geeked as anybody for the AAF. Yeah. Having professional football in Salt Lake City, I was, I was all over it. I was covering, I was at practices, all, all of that. When it went under, guess what? There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who all of a sudden, to what you point, because you, you were part of it, you lived mm-hmm. right in the middle of it, you're all of a sudden like in a very awkward situation, like, what's the future hold here? Yeah. I mean, there there, there were honestly moments when I wasn't sure if I was ever going to work full-time in sports again, like, because I just didn't see sure. a path to how that was going to be possible. Um and so, yeah, I just, I, God, I, I feel, I feel for the, like that, that is where my mind's at. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care about any of the other nonsense or, or whatever that, that is really truly where my mind's at. And part of it's, you know, I have friends, like I have friends that this affects, sure. I, I mean, our very own Sarah, like this yeah. affects. Well, yeah, exactly. Because she's so Sarah Hosian, who works with us, she actually produces Jake and Ben during the week. She's been a fairly regular part of this show, producing it as well. Well, she, I, I, I don't know if I, she freelances for the Pac-12 yes. network. She does a lot of social media work for them. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? What's the future of the Pac-12 network? What's the future of the yeah. Pac-12? Because the conference still exists. There are four member schools right now: Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State. They are the, they comprise what is remaining. Of the Pac-12. Now, the Pac-12 also will exist for this upcoming school year as well. All these member schools, all the changes, all the movement that's happened recently does not take effect until 2024. Meaning, Washington and Oregon, they head to the Big Ten in 24. Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, they are all going into the Big 12 in 2024. There is a full year here to come, Mm -hmm. but beyond that, to your point... Is yeah, you may be working with the network, you may be doing the stuff you've been doing, yeah. But there is this time next year, quite literally, this time next year, what is that all going to be? And it looks like right now, for all intents and purposes, it will be dead. Yeah. It's DOA, which is <laughs> it, it's it's kind of wild to consider because I was trying to process it last night, and I did a podcast trying to get some of my thoughts out, talking just kind of about how things look right now. I'm still not 100% certain of how I feel about the 
the quote-unquote death of the Pac-12 yesterday. Right. Because the situation is, I'm a kid that's born and raised in the western United States. Uh Proportionally, in the United States of America, the mountain and Pacific time zones have far less people, like just sheer number of people, around 90 to 100 million of the 300-plus million in this great country. Mm -hmm. Well, in the central and eastern time zones, they look at it, okay, great— to have another conference, because we saw the WAC go the way of the earth, now has been rebooted as, a, as an FCS conference. It's got a D1 basketball presence. We've seen the Big West go away in, in football. There have been multiple conferences out here in the western United States who have gone away. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Pac-12 is on its way to that. And to me, as a guy who, West Coast, Best Coast is, is my mentality a lot of the time. Totally. But to have that falling apart, and it, it yeah, it's probably got 12 months left in mm-hmm. it. That's that's kind of sad. It is. Like, it just – because I'm, I'm still trying to process everything that happened. It, it, it's wild to me, Michelle, 13 years later. The Holy War has conference implications once again. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> there – Trust me, I, we're going to try and kind of get through a bunch of these different things. And, like, I, I just kind of wanted to start. I appreciate you trying to just lay it out because there are people who are being affected directly. Their paychecks, their livelihoods, their their future, their as you dream. mentioned. Their dream. Yeah, sure. All of that affected. All of that is being – it's up in the air. So you can – how do I say this politically correct and nice? You can be happy, sad, indifferent – Angry, whatever. A whole range of emotions. Yeah. About whatever you want to be, mm-hmm. but also understand that there is a very personal level to all of this. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, it feels like in some ways we've gotten so calloused with how the business of sports kind of perpetrates itself that we kind of forget that there is a personal impact yeah. that it has. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally. Totally makes sense. Yeah. This is, this is a wild and crazy story. Um, Jake and I talked about some of it off air Mm. uh you know and it's to some of the things that i'm aware of at the moment are not for public consumption sure yeah um maybe somewhere down the road maybe maybe somewhere down the road yeah uh there there's gonna be some storytelling um on that front but i i will say you know another implication is Sleep with one eye open. Like, I, you might be celebrating today, but mm-hmm. uh, there there are people and motives and things going on behind the scenes that can change everything in an instant. And I am not saying that the Pac-12 didn't do this to themselves mm-hmm. in, in a sense. They did. They made a lot of bad choices. But I'll tell you what, there were people that helped push them over the edge and, when they didn't have to do that. It, it was not a move that had to be made, but but the move was made. Well, and see, and that that's the thing about it is, and I kind of said this. I just kind of sat down last night. I was just kind of just kind of riffing on what I was kind of making sense of it. The biggest thing is, TV networks. If you didn't believe that TV networks ran this sport, yes, oh, they do now. Yesterday, well, yeah, exactly. Yesterday proved that it's exactly what's happening. Fox wanted certain entities in the Pac-12. ESPN wants certain entities of their own. Guess what they did? They pulled a conference apart at the seams to pick up the pieces that they want. And by the way, they're paying them a discounted rate to get them to where they want to be. 
We now have a Big Ten conference that when you are an athlete at Oregon, Washington, UCLA, or USC beginning in 2024, when you go on the road, outside of playing yourselves on the West Coast, you travel multiple time zones. There are multiple studies out there that say if you more, travel more than two, two time zones in terms of travel for athletes, it has a net negative impact mm-hmm. on overall performance, et cetera. Good luck with that. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> with regards to the Big 12, Speaking from the BYU perspective, the Cougars have got to be happy because they were they were stuck on an island for yeah. a little while there. They, they they were 800 miles away from Texas Tech as the closest Big 12 team for a minute. Then Colorado hops in, not even, was it a week and a half ago is when that officially went down? It, it feels like, like that, it's yeah. been it's, longer than that. Yeah. But they hopped in, gave, giving a land bridge. It went Kansas, Colorado, Utah to create that land bridge, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. for the Big 12 to BYU. Now BYU has four friends, allies, whatever you want to call them, in the western flank of the Big 12. Because Utah, now 40 miles up the road from Provo, is in the conference. Arizona Arizona State, who, by the way, those four were part of the original crew that founded the WAC back in the 1960s. Yeah. 45-ish years later, they're back together. Crazy how things kind of come back around. But that perspective is BYU's like, okay, we may have a little less travel than we originally anticipated because you can play closer to home. You can bus ride up to Salt Lake. You can make the hour, hour and a half flights to Phoenix and Tucson. You can fly across the Rockies, which is, what, an hour and ten to Colorado, whatever it is. That's going to lessen the travel on BYU and actually make it less likely they have to travel every year to time zones to UCF, to West Virginia, to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. There's give, there's take, there's positive, there's negative in all of this, but... I guess my next question for you, Michelle, is from the Utah perspective, because obviously you've been clued in up there, and i got to give you mad props, first off, for your coverage. I, I had multiple people who typically don't reach out and said, hey, Michelle's really on top of this. I'm like, yes, she is. <laughs> she's been very good at doing what she's supposed to do as a reporter. You've been giving information and, and presenting it, and it's unvarnished and whatever. You just, you just give it straight. You've been laying it out there. This is how things look. And I, there's a lot to be said for that in this day and age because we have a lot of bias to let's say uh, coverage that happens out there. But I want to ask you this: from the Utah perspective, was it simply a fact that Utah kind of read the room, realized what was happening, and said, "We got to do this"? It, it that's kind of ultimately what it came down to. Okay, um, and you know this is another piece of the story a piece of the puzzle that i hope eventually comes out and i quite frankly i don't have all the details yet either um okay i'm gonna be frank i don't think anybody has all yeah 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 it's it's i've had you know a few people kind of say some things uh but i i hope that utah fans come to realize and are so proud Mm -hmm. um of the work that utah did through this whole entire thing because they tried tried everything literally tried everything exhausted um, all their options yeah to uh keep the pack intact mm-hmm. and part of it is i think randall and harlan you know real realized some of these impacts that we were talking about well, um and when and when you have mutual respect for people you try to you know protect them yeah. um <laughs> sure um but obviously, the options were exhausted. As mm-hmm. I've said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Mm-hmm. And that's 
I think a lot of what ultimately transpired. Um, but, but Utah did everything, everything they could have to do right by the conference, do right by their conference mates. When it kind of became clear that things were maybe going to collapse, they made an incredible push from what I'm told to try and really, really secure Utah's future and get them to the big 10. Okay. And apparently those conversations went a lot better than I think most would have expected. But in the end, big 10's not ready to make that move with Utah. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, they're, they're in the big 12 and that's fine. And it's a good landing spot and there's things in potential there for them. And, I say all this because, you know, I know there's some fans that are kind of like, I don't know, might be out, might be out, a little disenfranchised with all this. But I am saying Utah literally tried to do everything right. And I think they deserve the utmost respect. I think they Mm -hmm. deserve the utmost support. And I hope fans and boosters and all of that are ready to get on board and make this thing special because there is still the potential to make this special and to kick this up a notch and to do some really, really incredible things. Well, and that's, that's the thing you kind of, you, you may not have wanted this to ultimately transpire. I, I, I kind of me reading how I think things have gone down. I, I'll say Utah, I, in my opinion, is a far more willing addition to the big 12 than Arizona state. I have, I, Hearing everything I heard out of ASU is they had, I don't know, can I say zero interest in in this? But to their point, they kind of, they just like, you know what? We got to go. It, I think Utah and ASU were very much of the same opinion. They were reticent, and I can understand why. Yeah. Like, it just... They have a strong history in the Pac-12. They got a, they've got an affiliation there that they've enjoyed associating with. That the, There's a... There, there, there's going to be that kind of. There's going to be some tension there. It feels like, in a way, as they kind of adapt to life in the Big Twelve here with 16 teams, and uh, obviously Utah and BYU back together again. Now ASU and Arizona have been together their entire yeah. history. You go back the WAC, the the Pac-10, Pac-12, now the Big Twelve. They've been together the entire way. Right. But it just there, there. This is such a weird, weird day. Because we just watched a conference get torn apart, Mm -hmm. and we have now put together, we have a 16-team SEC, we have a 14-team ACC, we have an 18-team Big Ten, it looks like, moving forward, and a a 16-team Big 12. We've gone from what used to be the Power Six, we've consolidated the Power Five, and now it looks like consolidation is happening once again to a Power Four. Where does it stop? You know, it's it's a great question. and it's it's going to be something to watch uh as as i said you know some people came out on the winning the mm-hmm. the winning quote, side quote yeah. unquote yeah. winning side of this um i i i would sleep with one eye open i i would not trust a damn thing going on at the moment like you you better constantly be on the phone you better constantly be doing everything you can to keep your programs in tip top shape mm-hmm. Because I I just I don't think this is over, um, because the power the power players aren't over. Yeah. Um. The they they they're they're going to continue to grab what what they want and and leave the rest out to dry. 
Um, it's, it's just what it's going to be uh, until, and this is a question that I've posed with a, several friends, um, is at what point does this get too big that it's not sustainable anymore? Because it really feels like college football right now, mm-hmm. especially with these networks, they sure are writing a lot of checks, but are they going to be able to cash those checks at the end of the day? Well, there are people say that the the sports, I don't know, sports business, the the sports rights bubble is there's a lot of there, there, there's two sides of this. There are people that think that the bubble is going to burst at some point in the relatively near future. We hear that ESPN that, that with Disney essentially restructuring and telling, hey, you need to cut costs. Well, ESPN they have full intentions. Uh, they have contracts that are obviously in place. Plus, they plan to uh, invest heavily, it sounds like, in like the NBA, et cetera, with the media rights coming up on that front. Fox feels like they're pretty flush right now with cash. They may be the one traditional sports, I don't know, broadcasting company that feels like, hey, we've got money to, to burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably not the wrong, right term to use. But, but then you also have Apple, who's looming out there. Trust me, that was... That was the rumor that the Pac-12 yesterday was going to sit down. They, the, trust me, I was I was on air with DJ and PK. Yeah. I'm tracking tweets in live time. Like, oh gosh, that was wild. From seven to nine a.m. was nuts. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Because they had sat down and there was so from Thursday night. Thursday night, essentially, everybody said, "Okay, it's doomsday scenario here for the for the Pac-12." Wake up Friday, come in to do my show, and all of a sudden some stories start trickling out that, hey, the Pac-12 is meeting today. They're going to try and sign a grant of rights. They're going to try and get this deal done across the finish line and stick together. And somewhere in a two-hour time span, like it's from 7 a.m. Mountain Time to 9 a.m. Mountain Time, it fell apart again. Yeah. That's how quickly this went down. Now, yesterday evening, I think you were on the same thing I was on the Zoom call from Utah's Regents. Mm-hmm. The, the Board of Trustees, excuse me. That meeting, and I timed it, was less than five minutes. Yeah. They hopped on, said, hey, trustees, so-and-so, 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 ran down the list of who was there in attendance. They had one was excused. Then they read the resolution. Yep. Thanked Mark Harlan and Taylor Randall for their leadership in all of this, and then said, "Let's take a vote." Eyes had it; it was unanimous, and signed off. Yeah. An hour later, press release from the Big Twelve. We now are proud to welcome Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona to the conference. It was like this all just went down in twenty-four hours' time. Yeah. It was like it's how quickly things can move in this world with regards to this. But to your point, Michelle is how unwieldy can it become, and where will it stop? The, there's going to be a point. Uh, there, I, I don't know what that point's going to be. Well, I don't think any of us do, really. But uh, it, it's going to come. It's, it's going to come. Uh, when, when you consider coaches' salaries with the buyouts and, you know, bringing – Again, doing these super conferences and all the travel that that's going to require, uh-huh. and yes. uh, uh, so, somewhere there's not going to be any more cash. Sure, uh, it's it's going to run out somewhere somehow, and the whole thing's going to crumble down. And to be honest, I would not be shocked if we don't see college football go very much back the way it was. Easily, easily, yes, because it's just I think in the long run a more sustainable model but how long we keep doing this i don't know well and that the question will be are these tv executives these these network executives how much more money are they going to be willing to throw at it because that 
we were it was proven yesterday that the TV networks controlled this. They didn't want to pay five power conferences. They wanted to consolidate, and they consolidated that power by making the moves that they did yesterday. It, it, there's there is so much to look at here and dig into that. I'm not 100% certain, to your point, Michelle, that we're ever going to uh, get to the bottom of this. I'm not sure any documentary down the road. Not Nobody's going to ever have, I feel like, the whole story, if that makes sense. No, I think we're going to – I think there's going to be bits and pieces that kind of come out because this is yeah. just so large. They're like – you know, I know I caught a lot of flack for ultimately being wrong. On – Oh, the pack sticking together. The pack okay. sticking together. Okay. Um, well, here's the thing: a lot of people cast their lots into that camp. There are a lot of people that had their lots cast that it was going to fall apart. There are a lot of people that, well, there's a lot of people still that think, to your point, the whole, whole idea of sleep with your one eye open. Yeah. Here's the deal: if Fox and ESPN, who I most people assume are the two chief players here, are capable of pulling the Pac-12 apart. What's something from pulling the ACC apart, the Big 12 apart, and creating an AFC-NFC type setup in college football? One thousand percent, and I think that's probably the ultimate dream for them, Okay, to, to be honest. Uh, but it, 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 look, the point is, like, my opinion changed so many times. You're not alone. As I started getting more information and sometimes yeah. conflicting information uh-huh. and... You know, all this, uh, all of a sudden, this thing I was not thinking about or looking at over here comes like right in my peripheral vision, and it's like, hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, look at me, uh-huh. look at me, I'm going to be a problem. Uh, and then something else, somewhere else, kind of like, I don't think most fans understand how complex this was. It complex, and even I like. I tried so hard to follow it the best that I could. Mm-hmm. There are aspects of this I don't even understand, despite having smarter people explain it to me, trying to research it, trying mm-hmm. to... It, there is just so much at play. There are so many moving parts. There there are several villains in this story. Yes. Um, it, and we've kind of touched on, you know, Fox and ESPN might the biggest ones but they're not the only ones correct and uh there's there's just there is so much so much to unpack with this story so many angles to look at it's going to be near impossible to get the full story like it's that complex i like i'm not hyperbolizing at all it's have, that complex you probably have to talk to hundreds of people if you truly wanted to get the whole like from every single angle there are hundreds of people who have roles that they have played in this and here's the thing: a lot of them aren't going to want to talk. Bingo. That, that's because because it'll one either make them look really bad or two, um, you know, the sports world is very weird. Mm-hmm. And if you report on something or say something, you might never work there again. Correct. And that 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 can be the tough part uh, of all this. Now, I threw this out on Twitter yesterday. I'm actually going to retweet it right now. I asked this, Utah fans, how are you feeling about today's events? I said, will all your reaction be a good, better, and different? I said, we, Michelle and I have a lot to unpack on tomorrow's Saturday show. Uh, we've got 18 responses to this, and uh, there's a, it, trust me, the full range yeah. of all that. I want to dig into those. We'll do that next. We're also going to kind of try and like pivot in a way and talk about, okay, now the reality is you have the Big 18, the Big 12, <laughs> the SEC, like, 
there needs to be some renaming yeah. of these conferences. Oh, 1,000%. But we're going to focus particularly on the Big 12 because that's our two local schools yep. are now conference mates once again. So we're going to try and look at what the future holds for that, and we'll get into that next. This is the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. I want you to want me. Welcome back to the Saturday show and Corey's producing for us today and he said I've got a very good theme for our bump back music today. Well, this is a good start here because this is a lot of what happened yesterday that you had. Okay, so Colorado wanted out. They got fed up and they moved. Yeah. Arizona looked like they were following the same path. Like Arizona was like, you know what? We're good. We're moving on. Then... Crap really hit the fan. And by the way, welcome back. Saturday yeah. show, Michelle, yeah, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Blase, blase. That aside, <laughs> those two felt like they were ready to make the move. And they were, they were, Colorado had made the move. Arizona was on their way. There was some talk that the Board of Regents down there in Arizona was holding it up. Michael Crow was, they said the reports were that they was like talking to a brick wall. But it came to it that went, as soon as Oregon and Washington decided, we're out. Like we're, we're bailing. We're taking the deal from the Big Ten. You in that in that circumstance, all of a sudden, Arizona State, Utah, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington. Every one of the remaining six. Is that the number right? Is it six? Whatever it was. Uh, it was seven. 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 Okay, seven schools. All of a sudden, we're like, who wants us? Yeah. Because at that point, it's completely unwieldy. Because you you can't afford thirty four million dollar buyouts to bring in multiple. Uh, Mountain West schools. Yeah. Okay, SMU probably could have left the AAC, gotten you once. That gets you back to eight. But then you're looking at $68 million to drag San Diego State, Colorado State, whoever it is yeah. out, of, out of the Mountain West. It was completely unwieldy. So at that point, it's like, okay, who wants us? So I want you to want me. It's a great, Hilarious. great song for everything a- that anyway. played out. And, you know, I've, I've seen Ch- Cheap Trick before in concert. So oh, I'm cool. jealous, actually. I've never yeah. seen them. So that'd be fun. All right, so, Michelle, let's get to some of this reaction on Twitter real quick. So I threw this out here. I wanted to kind of get people's feeling on what's going on, Utah fans in particular. Um, Highlights Ute says this, eh, it's still a P5 with college football playoff access, so it's fine. I'm going to miss the budding rivalries of the Pac-12 schools. I'm going to miss annual trips to Oregon to visit my dad and go to a game with him. I'm sad to lose what was a fantastic conference. I think it encapsulates a lot of what people feel about this. Yeah. Because the thing about this is the Pac-12, a lot of – People in the state of Utah have connections to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You have family, as he mentioned, he's got a dad up in his dad's up in Oregon. It gives you that opportunity to go see them and also watch your team. Yeah. Uh, the next one, you believer uh, sends the. You've seen this GIF, I'm assuming it's with Nacho Nacho Libre, and it's, yes. it's, and that one encapsulates a lot because it's a lot of shaking the head, kind of like, <laughs> like 
We're here. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's, we're here is what it is. Uh, I live in my hat. Uh, Thanos says I'm indifferent. While good to have a home in the arms race, I am having a hard time finding any games that move the needle nationally. No USC, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, or Stanford when they were relevant. Uh, there are good teams and good games. It's hard to see a big draw. That's kind of what I want to step off on this discussion, Michelle. Is now with the Big Twelve having sixteen teams, Utah and BYU are in this conference. I I can see why you're saying that I have a hard time finding any games that move the needle nationally because there are no quote unquote blue bloods mm-hmm. up and down the roster of these schools of all sixteen schools. Yeah. But what I think, and I'll, I want your thought on this, is these sixteen teams they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, we may not be the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Georgias. We may not be those big-name programs, but what we are is we're proud football programs who want to establish ourselves firmly in the national pecking order, and I think that could create what could be a pretty fun conference football-wise. Oh, I I think there's some fun football to be had there. I do kind of agree, at least in the here and now. I I don't think there's anything that exists exactly moves the needle mm-hmm. i think there's some games that have potential depending on how people do sure um you know i think utah tcu has some real potential i think utah byu has some real potential i'll say this right now it's the best it's the best rivalry in the conference oh it 1000 sorry territorial cup you guys can think you have it but it's here Anyways. oh it, it is no it absolutely <laughs> like and and i think that's part of what will ultimately start helping the big 12 brand sure uh, is you know you're you're losing the Red River rivalry mm-hmm. with Oklahoma and Texas when they bounce at, at the SEC the next year. Mm-hmm. You kind of look around before some of these additions came on, and it's like, well, what do we have to be excited about in November? Well, well, here's the holy war for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it got fixed. It got fixed with that. Like I said. Utah TCU has some potential. BYU TCU has because there's some history there, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, if Arizona kind of continues on the path that they're on with their football program, and ASU can get out of their own way because there's really no reason why ASU should be as bad as they've been. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know that that could end up being a really great potential rivalry, and, and so. Uh, right now, it's kind of the conference of potential, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, to to your point, that I like, I get it, and I I'm kind of the same way, where it's like, eh, well, eh, yeah, that that's, and, but the thing is, the potential part of it is the fun part. We haven't even started in on this. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a, it's gonna have a lot of fun because I'm I'm of the opinion just based on how it looks on paper. This is going to be a conference. The Big 12 is going to kind of be this way this year. I think you're going to get a microcosm of what the Big 12 could be moving forward with these four new members added in 2024 this year because it looks like on paper, and Corey, I want your thought on this because I know you're an Oklahoma State guy. It feels like the middle class, quote-unquote, of this conference is going to be very strong. We're talking a lot of teams who are very similar in potential, structure, style of play that – you're going to have a hard time climbing to the top, but at the same time, there's not going to be that many bottom dwellers, it feels like. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I feel like this whole conference is kind of the middle class of college football right sure. now. Yeah. Uh, you don't have your elite programs, but you've got a lot of really good football. And it's one of the things that, you know, I moved here July 1st of last year. Okay. That was the day after USC yeah. and UCLA announced. So for the last 13 plus months, uh-huh. all I've heard is how the Big 12 sucks. <laughs> Brett Yormark is a used car salesman. Uh, these towns suck. Who wants to go to Ames, Iowa? Who wants to go to Stillwater, Oklahoma? Lawrence? Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas. I tell you what, everybody who's poo-pooing these cities away, these are a lot more fun trips to go see your teams play because you're going to real college markets. Mm -hmm. The West Coast doesn't have many real college markets. They're in more metropolitan areas. You're going to real college towns where the university is everything. And when it's game weekend, you go in, everything is about what is happening on campus, what's going to happen on Saturday. So I just... Tell people, take a pause. Don't knock it. Make some trips. Take some trips. If you're like, hey, I wanted to be able to go up to Oregon. I wanted to be able to go to Palo Alto. You know, take a trip to Ames. Take a trip to Stillwater. I've been to all these places. Mm -hmm. I've gone to all these games, and it's a blast. These are true college towns, true college atmospheres that you just don't get in most of most of the West Coast cities. They're much more metropolitan and. Personally, I love the college feel, and I love small college towns. And I just say, plan some trips, go on some road trips, Utah fans, BYU fans, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a lot of fun in these towns. Well, and that's that's kind of my thought on it as well, because the one thing that stood Utah out from the rest of the Pac-12 was it is a college town. Now, Salt Lake City is getting its glow up right now. Mm -hmm. It It is a booming metropolitan area. Corey's family is here because of the booming nature of things here in the state of Utah. But the one thing is we don't have as many pro sports as L.A. does, as the Pacific Northwest does. So it became it had a true college town feel. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you, Corey, is going to Stillwater, going to these Big 12 markets. Guess what? The biggest draw in town, these universities. And it should create, I think, a pretty fun atmosphere. Your thought, Michelle? Yeah, I, I think, you know, to be honest, like none of these places are anywhere I really particular if i'm being real i can understand that and i and i'm not a huge barbecue fan either so what yeah and you're coming from the media side of things from the media they're not as glamorous as being able to go to some place that has good restaurants better transportation options all that but if you're a fan if you're (laughs) a fan fan, that's going for the weekend to party to have fun Uh the atmosphere is completely different as a media member no it's not the same yeah, uh, but but I will say I do love me a good atmosphere. Okay. Um, and so, you know, while while these aren't places that I would want to go hang out in, and I shouldn't say that I don't like barbecue. I do like barbecue, but, like, I just want to taste it. I don't necessarily want to stuff myself full of it. <laughs> like so disappointed right now. <laughs> well, you know. Hey, we have salads in the Midwest, too. <laughs> it's not like we just walk around with meat on a stick. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> oh man, awesome. that that took a turn I was not expecting. Um, yeah, it's you know okay, yeah, like like uh, traveling through the Midwest, mm-hmm. not not really my thing. Barbecue, not really my thing, as like a borderline vegan. <laughs> Like, I do sound like a very uppity West Coast person. You sure you shouldn't be living in L.A. over there, Michelle? No, no. I am a little too country for L.A. I'm just, I'm just. For sure. For sure. Uh, (laughs) 
But yeah. but the one thing that these places absolutely did lack outside of like Utah, Pullman, I, I'm going to guess Oregon State. I'm going to find out this year for the first and the last time. Uh, oh, I, and like Oregon, yeah. um, you know, though those were places that actually cared. They showed up. They had that feel. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, it was kind of, eh. Well, eh. Yeah, and that that that's the thing about this. Maybe if we're winning, maybe if we're nationally relevant, but otherwise, uh. see. And Todd Hansen just tweeted this in. I can't wait for my trip to Morgantown this year to watch West Virginia and BYU. Amazing trips every year. I was gonna say that's the one place that I'm actually super excited about. Because you, you want to go see burning couches and- until you're trying to get there. <laughs> I, it I is just, not easy or fun you, to get to you Morgantown. Gotta, you gotta fly to Pittsburgh I, and drive down. Yeah, I just think I've seen pictures of the. It looks pretty. So I'm I'm excited. Like that's what draw. I'm like that is pretty, and I think that's part of because like a lot of the Pac-12 road trips, it's yeah. like oh this is so pretty. I, I was at Big Twelve Media Day, and I had a, a somebody from it was one of the Kansas stations. We were just kind of talking, and he he said he was very excited to come out to Utah because he said we now have Provo with the West Coast Mountain setting, mm-hmm. and he said he said. Jake, you need to get to West Virginia. It's the East Coast mountain setting. It's in the Appalachians. It's it's it's, it's he said it's a unique look, and I'm like, okay, I like that. That's, but there's unique aspects to all of this. Oh man, they're gonna hate me so bad though, because I'm gonna be like, those mountains are real cute. Those hills. Yeah, <laughs> that's cute that you're calling them hills, mountains. Well, it's, it's... come come to my neck of the woods and let's go hiking. <laughs> but. That... See that that's going to be an interesting part about this. I know we got to take a break here in a minute. Is that this conference is it's full of a bunch of potential. We talk about potential yeah. all the time. There's potential across the board. There is potential. I I will give it that. And it, it's going to have to be realized obviously. Mm-hmm. And I I really like what you said. It's kind of it is in many ways the middle class of college football because a lot of these programs they're not the the biggest and baddest and most well funded, but what they are are very proud. They got great fan support. Trust me, I look across that entire Big 12 landscape. There's here and there, you're like, okay, that's questionable. But by and large, I'd say the vast, vast majority have very strong fan bases. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They're going to show up. Mm -hmm. They're going to support their teams. And that's going to create a culture. And we've been told time and time again that TV networks want rivalries. They want fans in the stands. They want to show those shots. When big moments of the games happen, fans are losing their minds. This conference feels like it's going to deliver it. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I will say this conference has that potential. Let, let's just hope it works. Yeah. Let's just hope it works. No Get doubt. into it, people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we will take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side. It is time for technical fouls after this break. Coming up at 11 o'clock, I, I wanted to kind of like project ahead in a way, Michelle. I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about, okay, what are we looking at? Four, five, 10, 20 years down the line. We're going to try and look at that now. Trying to predict that because looking back, even a year, who could have told what was going to happen? But we'll try and make some sense of that. That's all coming up on the Saturday show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Because that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. Personal foul, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. 
Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle and Jake along for the ride. And as you heard, it is time now for technical fouls. And should we just put like a blanket technical foul on the TV networks for pulling this sport apart and reforming it in their own eyes? I, I think, uh, to be honest, this is like consumed my life so this is all i know at the okay. moment as far as what's happened this so week do you want to make it do you want to throw a technical foul out there oh totally uh you know technical foul to the the unnecessary greed there there's plenty to go around there really really was mm-hmm. um and there was no reason why the things that transpired had to transpire um that there were literally people that had the option to lift a hand to help and instead it was a push off the cliff it's literally like i cannot emphasize enough that is literally what happened so shady so underhanded um again people within the pac-12 not without fault uh there were some things that they could have would have should have done uh but it still didn't have to end like this Okay, so I'm going to read one of the responses to my tweet yesterday. This comes from David Steele. It says, not happy that the Pac-12 imploded. Glad we, he's speaking of Utah, are in a better situation than our friends at Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal. Here's the thing, to your point. Really question the arrogance of the Big Ten only offering Oregon and Washington them a reduced share as part of their conference. Like, there is, yeah, there's some unnecessary greed out there. That, yeah, it feels like it's what's kind of dominating the sport right now. It's unfortunate. It's what it is, but mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Corey, you got one this week? Yeah, mine comes from a little bit different perspective okay. as the uh, Big 12 guy here in yeah. the market where the Big 12's been being uh, kind of crapped on for the last year. Uh, my technical foul is just, and it's specifically for two guys, um, okay. but it's the media that's been crapping on the Big 12, and it's John Canzano and John Wilner who have been all over this, just downplaying the Big 12, making it seem like there's this air of superiority, that the Pac-12 is so much better and there's no way they would ever stoop so low as to go. It's like Leo DiCaprio. He has to go down down below deck on the Titanic. That's the Big 12, and they thought the Pac-12 was Rose, and she had to stay above deck and eat at the fancy tables. And you know what? John Canzano and John Wilner, suck it. Well, trust me, if you saw their mentions yesterday. Oh, it's been. I was in them. Oh, they, <laughs> I, I had, so there were, I was, I was sent some screenshots of some certain ones. I'm like, and I'm not going to lie. I was, I was chuckling because there's some really, really creative takes. I got to say, but <sighs> there's also some really, really, let's just say unsavory ones. Also, sure. <laughs> like make it funny, yeah. but don't take, you don't need to take personal shots. Yeah. Have some fun, make it funny. I, and neither one of them have like owned up to it either. Hmm. And John Wilner actually shared a thing from back in January where it looked like he said hinted that there might be some trouble brewing and I'm like seriously you're trying to take a victory lap after the other 79 articles that made fun of the Big 12 yeah okay there 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 was a bunch of back and forth it feels like there's no <laughs> doubt about that that there there's going to be a lot of receipts let's put it this way thrown around and trust me there already have I've got no doubt about that um okay I got one because this this brings it local and it's on the basketball front. Did you see Rudy Gobert earlier this week uh, in international play? I think I br- like briefly before everything imploded, okay, kind so, of caught something about so that. He uh, scored his first ever three pointer at the professional level, playing for the French national team against Montenegro. So we oui, we oui. uh, yeah. Well, the quote is what uh, caught a lot of people's attention. He said this in French, but it translates to quote tonight. I feel like I lost my virginity, unquote. 
Rudy, dude, come on, man. Like, I didn't know it felt that good for a big guy to hit a three. <laughs> I was, like, it's a great quote. It is a great quote, but. I want to see it at, like, I want to see it. I want to try and, like, read it in French. Uh, let's see. I can pull it up here, actually. It's much sexier. Yeah, let's see. Uh, there you go. I sound like a drunk Texan when I. Soir, j'ai la pression de voir perdu ma virginity. <laughs> Rudy, I get you're excited to make your first three. Trust me, this is like an annual off-season thing. We'd see a video of him making three-pointers in a workout when he was here with the Utah Jazz. And it was always like, can he do it in a game? But you make it, and then that's what you decide to compare it to? Oh, man, if we weren't on radio, I would be cracking so many jokes. I, I could say so many inappropriate things right now. We all, trust me, we were. We, we, <laughs> when I saw this quote, I was sitting, I don't know who I was sitting with, some of the guys on the station, and we were just going, we were just bam, 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 like just rapid. Uh, Rudy, I, oh. I love you, dude, but let's think about what you say before you say it sometimes. Oh, man. But anyways, one of, the, one of those... <laughs> One of those things. And also, by the way, um, the NFL now is asking uh, the federal government to address, quote, the illicit sports betting market in a response letter to, US, to a Senator U.S. Congresswoman on Friday. Uh, okay, NFL, you got in bed with multiple sports betting companies. You only all have yourselves to blame. You're having to suspend guys because your own rules are set up this way. What illicit... What, you guys got in bed with them. You're taking millions upon millions upon millions of dollars from these sports betting companies. Like FanDuel and all, this, all of them. Yeah, yeah, DraftKings, on down the list. You only have yourselves to blame for creating this <sighs> illicit sports betting market. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. It, <laughs> what, what are you doing, baby? <laughs> all right. Anybody else got anything else they want to want to put people on blast for? All right, I think we're good. All right, we'll come back on the other side. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to like look ahead, honestly, because what's the future hold? And that's that's a huge question in all of this. It was conference realignment, an absolutely crazy day yesterday. We'll try and dig into that next. This is the this is ninety seven point five FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.